Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 285 of I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Foster, and as ever, I'm joined by... Uh, Why are you doing the voice? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm the uh, Ian Loring? I, I could do the voice for the entire cast, then, and, and people who aren't patrons wouldn't know what to because they'd be like, why is Matt doing that weird voice? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ian were like, why is Matt doing that? I, I, I'm still a little in the dark, to be honest, buddy. <laughs> Good times, though. It was. It's, it's, it's because usually I'm drinking, like, Pepsi Max or a beer. Oh, right, yeah. Drinking your old grey? Yeah, drinking my old grey. You weirdo. Yes. Becky bought me a, uh, a, a, a teapot for Christmas, and I am, I am fucking blowing the shit out of this teapot. Nice. Becky bought you, right? So just to clarify, Becky didn't just buy him a teapot for Christmas. Becky bought him lots of other things as well. Just so happens that the only thing and his favourite, the only thing that he's used and his favourite thing that he got is a fucking teapot. Random as fuck. And it was a half joke present, wasn't it? Sort of, yeah. So happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ian, what did you do on New Year's Eve? Um, ate a takeaway and watched Ocean's Eight. Ah, oh, as a rewatch, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing how that helped on a rewatch. Um, we went out <laughs> for the first first time, didn't we? In many years. In many years, and then we came home early. Yeah. <laughs> it was, nice. It was cold. And watched Jules Holland. Yeah. Um, so we've got we've got three reviews, a triple banger, as they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we say it all the time whenever we've got three reviews. We always say Trouble Banger. Trouble Banger. Yeah, uh, we've got Trouble Banger. Uh, we have uh, One Cut of the Dead. We have Bird Box, the Netflix movie. Uh, and we have the BBC Films movie, uh, Happy New Year, Colin Burstyn, which is the new Ben Wheatley film. Uh, we're not covering the favourite this week. We're going to cover it next week uh, because we thought it'd be a bit of a packed show with having four reviews and then... Scraping around for what we're going to watch next week, so we're going to go in next week, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. We need to psych ourselves up to go and see it. Yes, that's good plan. But I was, I was going to fucking skirt over that. Um, <laughs> we're also, we're, we're, we, we might chat some trailers, but I don't actually think there has been. I don't think that I don't think there have been any. There hasn't been any. We're not going to chat trailers. It's all just bullshit TV spots. Yeah, and who gives a fuck about those? Indeed. Or Sunday. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're not going to chat trailers, but that's some. Um, we will probably go on tangents. Um, is there any news? The world kind of shuts down between Christmas and Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think we should just crack on. I think we should just fucking get on, yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to get the fuck on. Uh, we do have some questions, uh, and we are going to do some what we've been watching. But first of all, one cut of the dead. Ian, uh, have you got any other bits to say before we get into this? Do you go over when it's playing and things like that? Yeah, oh yeah. So, um, just to give a bit of context here. So, uh, th- there's... Uh, I'll be honest. There's kind of more talk about this in the Patreon edition of the uh, the show, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. But um, Third Window <laughs> Films, the distributor, were kind enough to send us a screener link to this. Um, after, for those who don't know, the film somehow got uploaded illegally to Amazon Prime over the weekend. It was only on there for a day or so, but. It does seem like quite a lot of people did probably watch it, and I did. Um, and then it turned out that it wasn't even supposed to be there, and now it's they've got this big, like, kind of theatrical plan for it in the UK starting this coming weekend, Friday, January 4th. And, uh, you know, a lot of people who would have gone to that may well now not. 
uh, we're going to review the film, obviously, um, but uh, I'm also just going to run through where it's playing in the UK. Uh, a US theatrical release is planned, but it does look like as well the Amazon Prime issue may have curtailed that. So, fuck, just... Who the fuck does something like... I, I, uh, anyway, so it is playing... Friday, January 4th to Thursday the 10th at the Prince Charles in London. God knows that will be an atmosphere, I'm sure. Uh, The Watershed in Bristol. uh, The Broadway Cinema in Nottingham. uh, The Showroom in Sheffield. um, And it's also playing the 4th to the 6th at the Leicester Phoenix. uh, The Derby Quad Cinema. Uh, It plays the GFT in Glasgow on the 6th and 7th. The Cube Cinema in Bristol, which is a great little cinema, on the, as is the Watershed, to be fair, on the 7th to the 9th. So there's two places to see it in Bristol. It plays the lovely Chapter Art Centre in Cardiff on the 11th to the 14th. It plays the Deptford Cinema in London one night only, January 11th. It also plays one night only, January 17th, at the Shelley Theatre in Bournemouth and the Genesis Cinema in London. And it plays the Square Chapel Arts Centre in Halifax on the 23rd of January. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's getting a good, good, sizable release. And um, for especially for a film that is, is what it is. Um, and when I say that, I mean, it costs $27,000 to make. And it, <laughs> made, it made over 30 million in the US, even though it opened on two screens. Wow. Which is uh, which is quite something. So yeah, there you go. Um, one cut of the dead review time, Mark. Yeah, so it's uh, a film that is directed by, uh, and I remember I might butch these names, and I apologise. Um, Shinichiro Idea um, and stars uh, Takeyuki Hamasuto, Miao, um, Hamaru Samurai, uh, Yakuzi Akima, and Kazuki uh, Nagaya. Uh, and other people. I hope I didn't butcher those names too much. Um, film starts out. Uh, remember, we are all spoilers all the time, guys. Um, the film starts out with a, a a scene of a zombie film being made, and the director then seems quite um, intense with it. I, I just to say, I think considering, I, I think maybe let's try and not be spoilery on this one, just because... I, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, I'm more comfortable with that, to be honest. I, I, I can get behind that, right. So, uh, essentially, what we're seeing is a, a zombie film being made, but things go a little bit wrong on the surface. That's the... Yeah, it's difficult, given the nature of the film, to talk about it without being spoilery. Yeah, so it's going to be a different type of review than we would normally do, but... Um, Ian, what did you think of uh, One Cut of the Death? Okay, so, yeah, this is a film that's been kind of, like, uh, talked about a fair bit. It's won quite a lot of festival awards, and I believe uh, Robbie Collin from The Telegraph has been effusive in his praise of it. Um, So, and you, you get a title, One Cut of the Dead, and you think, okay, I see what they're going for here, then it's, you know, going to be one cut. Um, So... What else they did with the film is a, a genuine surprise. And it turns from this thing where you think, this is a bit shonky, but it's quite endearing in a way, into 
what exactly am I watching <laughs> into a, re- a genuinely inventive and original and quite charming comedy about people trying to make a film. Um, because the whole thing is that they are um, shooting a zombie. It's like they're shooting a zombie film within the zombie film um, in in the film. And so you've got this director who kind of like makes things happen, uh, literally is kind of like pushing these zombies into people and then just keeps on going, action! Which was <laughs> fucking amazing. Every single time he popped up and would just like push a zombie into view and then just go, action! Like, it, it's it just incredible. Um, but you've got like just these weird, like, that's a bit random. And there was one moment where they're on a rooftop. I'm going to keep this as spoilerless as possible. They're on a rooftop and someone's attacking someone, and then suddenly they just drop down out of frame. Yeah. And you wonder, like, I was just like, right, that's a little bit amateurish. Yeah. And then what comes up later is, uh, you know, it it, it explains it, and, and, you know, really well. I was very, very taken with this, and I can see why it's been winning a lot of audience awards and I do wish I saw it with an audience, just because the energy in the room would be very, very fun, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, uh, Becky, what did you think? It's, it, it's an awful lot of fun. It is, like you say, it is a really charming movie. Um, it, it's, it's fun. It's constantly surprising it keeps getting to a certain point and then it goes oh wait and then changes its kind of direction a little bit and it's it, it just it keeps you interested and it's i mean i don't how long is it, it it's it's 90 95 minutes I think. it don't feel it at all it's i i really really enjoyed it um i i'm actually quite gutted that it's not shown in york because i'd have gone to, gone to see it again and paid and sat and watched it with an audience um but yeah, yeah, really, really highly recommend. Yeah, I, I, I it's at first when it we first started, it started going and it, it, it's and it's, it's the zombie film, the zombie film, and what's happening is and you're working bits out. It's it's really quite it's really quite engaging mm. in that in the sense that it does it, it feels quite light and fun and amusing and. I enjoyed that about it. it. It feels like a welcoming film very, very quickly mm. um, to watch because you've got the opening scene, um, opening scenes, I'm not spoiling anything, of a director getting very angry and shouting, you're thinking, oh, is this going to be a little bit yeah. too much? Um, and then it very quickly it throws all that out and you start to get, you, you get kind of attached to characters quite quickly mm. um, and you get the flow through from all of that and then it does do this weird little flip yeah. halfway through and then it does another flip back to something else and I think in a you've got I think a strange thing is um, Asian cinema tends to get grouped yeah. together mm. so you have oh Asian Asian cinema well it, it, has, it, its own it is, is a bit is a big place yeah um, so 
for instance, um, British cinema is very, very different to French cinema. Italian cinema is very, very different to um, German cinema. Mm. So you have these very, very close, what are considered close kind of quarters, and they're very, very different. It's yeah. not a... It's not an homogenized thing like you've got in, in, for instance, the it US. You can say European cinema. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, yeah, and some of the world, but it, it's quite different. Mm. And what you tend to get as well with Asian cinema is you tend to get different sort of strands for it. You've got a more action-based cinema from the Philippines and Taiwan and Thailand and places like that. Mm. And then you have quite uh, intense cinema uh, from Korea and places like that where they're often quite brutal stories. Japan has a, a history where, with its cinema, you, you've got the horror bits and stuff like that, but you've also got films that throw genres around. Mm. Um, Shion Sona, for instance, in many of his films, it'll flip between two or three different genres within one movie. And what this does is, is similar to a lesser extent than something like, for instance, Love Exposure, mm. uh, which lasts three and a bit hours long, but it, it throws around about four or five different genres. This this is very much a a, a a zombie film, but it, it, it does it does throw you into a zombie film, and it throws you into a zombie comedy film, um, and then you've almost got this kind of network esque procedural thing going on as well at the same time, which is really amusing. Uh, but all of them have their own sort of separate little charms. But I was I was really quite taken with it to be honest. Yeah. I, it, it's it, I think we all three of us will have said it now. It is a hell of a lot of fun yeah. and like you say as an audience I think watching it I think even watching it like you were saying Airbags, if this was playing York I would go and see it mm-hmm. and I would I would really hope it was a really busy audience because I'd spend as much of my time just sort of looking around going yeah just looking for people's faces yeah. at certain bits mm-hmm. and it's one that um, I, I'll watch again because yeah definitely um, and I, we take because we, we re-watch a lot, don't we? Yeah, we do. But we tend to re-watch Florence um, and less than we will do British language, uh, English language too. Yeah. Just because of the... Basically because because of my eyes and my eyesight, if I'm really tired, I, I struggle to read subtitles. Your eyes go in different directions. Yeah, they do. So so I I, am, I have that. So Not all the time, everyone. It's not like... Not all the time across that. Uh, but at like 11 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm less likely to put something on with subtitles <laughs> yeah. than, than what is it. But yeah, I definitely will rewatch it. It's an incredible amount of fun and it's really, to say it's a bunch of amateur cast, I actually think that within the realms of the film, the acting is <laughs> really quite good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really difficult actually, it's to, to, like once you get into the flow of talking about it, to keep it spoiler free because there's bits that I keep thinking, oh God, what about this bit? Oh, I can't <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm not, oh. Oh, and I loved it when... Oh. This is how other podcasts deal with spoilers. Really? It's really difficult, isn't it? It is difficult, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, the, the, the director's wife might be the MVP for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, like... <laughs> <on> constantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that is... And just the scene early on <laughs> yeah. where it's like, what are your hobbies? It's like... Oh, yeah. What, what yeah. hobby? What, what, what do you mean? It's like... Well, I I like self defense, and then she just breaks out into that routine, and, and like just how that arc goes through the yeah. course of the film yeah. is incredible. It's, there's a moment where you just hear from the back background the word 
pump and you yeah. know exactly what's just happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I mean, the writing on it's really clever. To the keep, whole thing. To clever. loop it round as many times as it does and to keep everything and to explain yeah. things the way that it does. The, the way all the pieces but fit yeah, together. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's really clever. There are, it, it's a very, weirdly, it's a very ambitious project to make for $27,000, which, which I think, I'm going to go out and say, I'm pretty sure it wasn't $27,000 around about that. That was the same amount of dollar, uh, that cost to make clerks. I don't know. I think it's around about that. I think they're, they're, they're very similar in terms of costings. Different times, timings, aren't it? It is different times, and it's a different type of movie. But yeah, it's a... Yeah, I, I had a, a great deal of fun with it. Yeah, abso- no, absolutely. I mean, it just, it's, I don't know, we talk about a lot of kind of hyped up horror films on this show and hyped up films in general. And a lot of the time it's just, it is, I'm not quite seeing what everyone is seeing here. But with this, it's, it's really, really hard not to have a smile on your face, but a good long portion of the runtime. And I mean, it's not scary, but it's not trying to be scary. It's doing something different. And it's technically ambitious with the one cut stuff, mm. but also just conceptually, it's it is really surprising. It's just it's surprising. You, don't, you there's there is a moment in this film, probably about thirty five minutes in, when something happens, and you do just think, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah. Because, and it, it, you know, and and from there, it turns into something else, and it, it's and it's interesting. I will say maybe like the ten fifteen minutes there where it's set, like kind of setting things up for the rest of the film. I wasn't quite as engaged, but then when it goes back to the original location, I was fully back in again. I can I can see that the logic behind that yeah um, I, I didn't have the problem with that all, but I can see why okay, people, fair enough why, why people um, could it goes on a bit of a different thread I think that that it, that it needs for the second and, and it, it, yeah that's the thing it does need it and I think going going back and watching it again I don't think I'd have that problem because I know what's happening but it slowed the pace down a little bit for you while you were watching it I yeah I, yeah, yeah I think I, 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 on a first time watch I think that's fair to say yeah. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. I think it, it, it did. It, yeah, I can I can agree with that. Within within the watching sphere, I think I was thinking that a little bit myself, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what I'll say there is, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not shit. I'll, I'll be honest with because in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be doing our um, best of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the way we do it, we don't we leave ourselves a little bit of wiggle room, don't we? We don't. We yeah, it's like mid, it, it, as long as it comes out in the UK by mid January or by the time we record the podcast, then yeah. we oh, we consider it. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not we're not slaves to the. Oh, can I put it in in that? You know, when when you've got people like Empire and the Guardian have the favourite in their top twenty five movies, and it only came out on January the first. Technically, they shouldn't have been able to do that, but they did. So fuck it. We can break rules. Um, mm. We don't believe in time. Fuck that shit. Um, well, I'm definitely not sure. It. It, it might even trouble my top ten. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Yeah. yeah definitely not shit. And it, it does get a digital release, I believe, at the end of the month. Uh, but, ah, oh, brilliant. One of the extras on the Blu-ray is a POM TV instructional <laughs> video. 
That oh, is amazing. That is I might actually buy the video just for that. Yeah. <laughs> right, there's a GoPro version. What the fuck is that? Like, is that just a, is that what it says on the tin? I really hope it is. Hang on, I need to find out some more detail on this. Um, interested in that. GoPro, a thirty-eight minute long thing. So, so that's the. That's, it's what is what I will just say. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know, I know what that is. Though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, cool. Good stuff. And yeah, it comes out 28th of January uh, on Blu-ray, DVD and digitally. Cool. Uh, our, our audience poll on this. Uh, definitely not shit. 86%. Fantastic. Touching cloth, 0%. Yeah. Shit, 0%. Yeah. And Geostorm, 14%. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I, I can kind of see where people would genre-wise come up with Geostorm for this, certainly, yeah. I'm, I'm just, and I'm just going to have to say, if the distributor listens to to this, yes, that's our rating scale. Yes, um, Geostorm being so like basically so bad, it's good. But eighty seven percent are saying definitely not shit, which is which is really high. Which yeah. which, which is the high praise of this podcast. Yeah, the thing is, this is one of the, one of the few films where I would urge anybody, especially given the circumstances of its Amazon Prime release, anyone that's seen it for free. Give it a bit of support when it comes out. Yeah, and that, what, I will, what I will say, it does sound like, what is it? We are genuinely not just doing this because we've been sent something free. No. But I've dealt with, uh, previously, uh, third window films. Mm. Uh, they they do a lot of really good stuff, you know. Uh, and in an age where companies like our streaming services are swallowing up a lot of this, mm. it, we do need these companies to, to out there. I, I mean, I, I, I will just to give a bit of background because it's like we don't usually, I mean, shit, we don't usually review things that distributors send us. But basically, I felt really bad on Monday morning once I read about what happened and I DM'd the distributor saying, I feel really bad about this. What, you know, is there any, like, my, I, I, I co-host a podcast, it's small, but we can, we can try. Because um, at first I was like, do you, like, do you have any kind of, like, almost like radio ad type stuff that we can play on the show and you know they're a small distributor so they, they don't and fair enough but he uh, the, the, the gentleman i was dm dming with um offered to send a screener link um and or at least i do you know what i assume it's awful i assume it's a gentleman it may not be and i feel really bad because it may not be uh and if it's not i apologize but um it just they offered just a non-denominational person yeah 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 so apologies but they offered to send a screener link and you know so it i wouldn't have done that if i didn't like the film i wouldn't have reached out and said how can i help if i was then going to review the film and go do you know what actually no it was a bit shit <laughs> yeah well, to be fair, know, you'd look, by that point wouldn't you so sorry you'd already seen it by that point no, yeah, it, 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 exactly. And I, I, to be honest, I kind of figured you guys were going to enjoy it. So, um, you know, that that's it. It's like, yes, it, it, you know, in a way, this is a commercial for one cut of the dead, but it's also one where we're not getting anything from it. Morally, I feel a bit better. Um, but and, and you know, in terms of, I, I just, it's good karma all the way round. I think, hopefully. And if it gets, even if it sells an extra couple of tickets, I'll say mission accomplished. 
Exactly. Yeah. You know, so one cut of the dead is definitely not shit from us. And, you know, uh, go and see it in the cinema because it's a fun time. If you'd rather buy it digitally or on DVD or Blu-ray, you'll have a perfectly good time at home. And it sounds like the, it's Blu-ray only, I think, that's got the extras But by the looks of it. But they, they look fun. Yeah. So if you're talking between the idea of Blu-ray and what is it, trust me, you're going to want to watch at least two of those features. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, that's got to be a record. Only 20 minutes in, shots exchanged. Christ. The old man looks rattled. Oh, I told my mum about David. Oh, yeah, what's she saying? It's blank. I don't know why I bother, really. Help me. I am helping. I'm not helping. I was not helping. Helping, that is just not helping. Yeah, the rooms are nice. Oh, we haven't looked at ours yet. Helping you, but helping the situation. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't follow that. Oh, God. Uh, right, so on to our second uh, feature review film. Uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to go for this one. Um, so it is the... It was, I think, I believe it premiered on... Is it, is it on iPlayer, I think? Happy New Year, Flint? Um, so it played... It, it was on BBC Two on Sunday the 30th, and it, now it's on iPlayer for a year. It's on iPlayer for a year, yeah. So this is, um, I think... It, is this BBC's first sort of foray into doing a film that they're not releasing in the cinema, they're essentially releasing straight away as a streaming service, I suppose? Yeah. It, it, their platform as a TV channel show it as well. Yeah, it was self-financed by uh, Ben Wheatley's production company, Rook Films, if I remember correctly. And like, I was, it was a really good interview with him on the Empire podcast uh, last week, I think it was, the week before, where he was super honest and was like, look, BBC said they'd like to buy it and do this stuff. And I figured I'm going to have a lot of people hopefully watching this film on TV as it goes out and then all year on iPlayer versus maybe you know, it earns a few thousand playing theatrically on a few screens in the U like across the UK, you know? And he's like, I am fine. I am fine with this. You know, I like it's on BBC. More people are going to watch this film in like the day it comes out on TV. than are probably going to watch it in it's theatrical run. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and it's like fair play. The man has his eyes open and that's not, Nothing about the quality of the film. It's just the state of the industry and fair <laughs> fucking play to him. Well, I'll say, Colin, uh, Happy New Year, Colin Burst. It stars, well, directed by Ben Wheatley. Um, written by and, as well. And written by him, yeah. Uh, stars uh, Neil Maskell, Joe Cole, Charles Dance, Sam Riley, Hayley Squires, uh, Ashim Chowdhury, Mark Monero, um, Doom Machinan, and a, a bunch of the quite sort of, you know, recognisable. Sarah Baxendale, that believes in it. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of other sort of people where you go, is that, that's that, that's that. It's, it's a lot of that's British character actors, yeah, uh, within there. Um, Neil Maskell plays the titular um, Colin uh, Burstead. It, it is, it's essentially a family comedy slash drama where Colin has, and we are going to all suppose all the time on this one, I think. Well, fuck it, we are. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Uh, that uh, they are, he has rented a big stately home yeah. kind of not not massive it's not like fucking it's not Castle Howard is it's it? not Castle Howard uh, Brides have revisited fans um, 
Or York people. Or York people. Uh, it's, it's not like a massive fucking, what is it? But it's a nice, good size hole. Good size. Good size hole. Yes. Uh, he's rated that out for New Year so all his family can get together. Uh, because they don't get together enough, it's established very quickly that they've inv- that someone has invited David, Sam, David. played by Sam Riley, oh. uh, and that this is going to cause some kind of frictions, and also there's general kind of family frictions within all that as well, which we'll kind of get into. And it's the it's usual. Always at the magical time of year. It is it? the magical time of year, <laughs> uh, and it's the usual thing of, of what happens in British drama and a lot of British life actually at Christmas uh, and New Year. You're thrown together with family when you wouldn't normally see them throughout the year for certain reasons. Uh, and forced force to like them, force yeah. to get on with them, interact with them, drink too much, and then fall out and go away. Don't, and, don't speak for you. And then wait for the next fucking yeah. year where you all go, ah, oh, <laughs> what happened this year? Though, will it? And then fucking fall with you there when you're leaving different unit come. Um, you can't say the C word. I can say the fucking C word. Um, so, what I will say here is, Ian, you've always been a, a weekly fan, haven't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm out. Out the two of us, I, like, I, and I'm pretty sure out the three of us, I am by far the biggest fan of Wheatley. Even though I will say. I like High Rise and Free Fire, but I'm not as not nearly as much as I did his smaller work. Whereas I, I liked Kill List. I really liked Down Terrace. Um, you didn't like High Rise. I did like High Rise. Did you? Yeah, I did quite like High Rise. I'm thinking of a different one. I didn't like parts of High Rise. You don't like the ABCs of Death. That's pretty shit. <laughs> um, and I didn't like a film in England. I thought that was. Not very good. Um, so, Ian, what do you think of Happy New Year, Colin Burstyn? It's, it's, it's a bit of a... I, I saw an interview with uh, Ben Wheatley, and he specifically said that he wanted to move away from making a genre pick for this one. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think he's done that. You know, um, I, I think it's his, his... I think it's his best in a few years, um, for sure. Um, it's this very... Yeah, there, there are just moments in it throughout that I thought just like ring really true. Um, the decline of everything thanks to alcohol is just perfection. It, it, like in its depiction, I think it's just absolutely on point. A lot um, in this film. Sorry? Yeah. A lot of Jane is drunk in this film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a bit of a showcase for Neil Maskell in a way as well. Um, you know, he's a guy who just kind of tends to crop up and he's generally just the kind of like the heavier set bloke. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, he, he you know, he, he's got some good stuff to do in Kill List. And I, I, but whereas this, I think he's got a really interesting arc where he has to be pushed into trying to talk his brother into leaving after and like everybody like the the energy is all just like why the fuck is he coming and it's almost like when he tells him to a switch goes off in his head and it's like so, like something that he's been seething about for fucking years but he's just not let himself actually kind of like deal with now he's being forced to deal with and in doing so even though he can't even say what he really wants to say, he alienates everybody, uh, uh, you know, around him. Yeah. And then, th- th- that, that, sorry. Yeah, because he's just so angry, isn't he? And, and 
but and and it's like he is it is like you do think just watching it like fucking hell like he didn't even he had to be talked into doing this and now he's really fucking going off yeah and then at the end when it's kind of revealed why bit of a gut punch isn't it yeah it is and yeah just the way that that's not really they don't talk about it after you know the film's pretty much over at that point Mm. and then just like the way that the family then kind of like come round like sent like all grab around sam riley now now he's the 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 chosen one and now colin's kind of out of it and the end there where he's just fucking screaming into like the fucking sea like i don't know there was just like the emotional arc of him was something i wasn't expecting from the film for like the first hour um and it, it i don't know it that really struck me but then at the same time at moments it's i thought it was properly funny um and sam riley as well just like the way that he he's kind of sorry but at the same time he is you can tell he's still a bit of a prick like yeah. he's he's grown up and he's got a, like he's got a long-term partner but he's still a bit of a prick um I, yeah i don't know i just i thought it it really yeah I, I thought it was really really fucking good what do you think Beth? yeah i mean about the same really it's 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 more of a character study than anything else isn't it it's it's, it's got elements of kind of kitchen sink drama stuff going on but it's i know you hate that phrase um but it has got that kind of that feel that r- realism element to it and it's very fucking bleak for a lot of it. They all hate each other. You're looking at it and you're thinking, my God, this is the kind of Christmas you would just, well, New Year's, you just absolutely want to avoid. And But there is, there's familiar points probably for most people, maybe not to the extreme that it goes to in the film, but uh, the tensions that arise at a time of year where you feel almost obligated to have an amazing time. And then if it isn't living up to it, people get tense and, and people argue and it's you know there's a lot of that like I say to a lesser extent um Colin's sort of progression from he clearly he's clearly sort of the the big man in the family at the start he's rented this place to essentially show off to his family what he can sort of do for them for new years under the guise of doing something nice for his mum and eventually gets to the point at the end where he's like do you know what fuck them all and you know that that kind of it's sad, but it's kind of it's kind of clearly quite freeing for him. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good time is probably not the way to describe it. It's a very interesting watch and it's an entertaining watch, but it's there's bits of it that aren't very much fun to watch as well. I would say. Yeah, for sure. It's quite uncomfortable at points. Mark, finish cleaning your glasses. Yes, I can clean glasses. Um, I, I, I think there's an argument to make to say that it's Ben Wheatley's best film. Hey, nice. It's like you say the the acting. It, it, it's fantastic. Um, it it has big moments, but they don't feel they don't feel out of context or out of the reality of the of the situation. So. 
they don't get into a fist fight. They don't start throwing things at each other. Mm. You know, there's not a... Um, there's a bit where Asim Chowdhury is clearly... He's clearly thinking about killing himself, but he's not actually thinking about killing himself. He's just thinking about the act of killing himself. Oh, God, that bit where he's like, I was going to write a suicide note on my phone when my battery died. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just goes, I thought you weren't going to kill yourself. He's like, well... No, no, no. Well, hang on. Are you 15? And it's just, there's moments like that, but he doesn't, there's no over dramatic moment. There's just quite standard dramatic moments, a lot of shouting, people shouting at each other, um, which you get the thing that is is the way that this family communicate is by shouting at each other. And there are families out there that communicate by shouting at each other. Can you imagine a bit where, where Colin gets rid of, is it Pamela? By essentially putting her in a Put her in, a, in, the, in the cupboard or whatever it was. <laughs> he puts her in a cupboard, yeah. And then <laughs> one of the other members of the, members of the staff that, that happens to know the family yeah. uh, kind of says, why are you in here? But then, but then that, she kind of answers it and says, well, by basically, and I'm getting on paraphrasing here, but I'm going to say, look, I know he has essentially shut me in a cupboard, but I think he, 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 did it, he didn't do it shouldn't come to get me away from her. I think his heart was in the right place. It's just like, he could be very persuasive. Yeah, sorry, Bex. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, jeez. Like I said, the acting's all very good. And the Colin turning around to his sister, who is is the one who invited David to come, and essentially going, hang on a minute, you told him to fuck off already. You invited him. And they keep on just going, yeah, for mum. But she doesn't even want to talk to him. No. And it seems like she's just done it because she wants the drama. Yeah. And then once all the drama goes off and people point a finger at her, she goes and hides away. Yeah. Um, we all know one of them as well. Yeah. And then there's the mother character. of You know, the, the fact that the, the, the guy whose house it is is testing to see if that she could have actually fallen that way. Oh, that is so And working funny. out that she can't have fallen that way at all. <laughs> Because if she tripped, she'd have gone forward. She wouldn't have fallen backwards. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a brilliant little moment in, in that. And he just keeps tripping. And he just keeps over. tripping over the step to see where he lands. But the, thing, but the thing is, you know that's exactly what that character would be doing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it's total true to that character. Um, that's, yeah, it, it's, it's a really... It, it, it's, it's really true in its to itself. But the also well, the the, the Neil Lassell character is getting so much adrenaline going that he has to go for a run to burn it off. Was yeah. was also quite I, I quite liked that. Oh, where are you going? <laughs> yeah, uh, but that was good. And then bringing the band back from the pub. Yeah. But in saying that, yeah, the Sam Riley moment where he gets there and um, he sees his ex struggling with the car and stops to ask if she needs any help. He never actually offers to help. No, just just. Why not start? He said he basically says, "Do you want me to get somebody to come and help you?" Mm. And then just goes, "Well, it was nice to see you." After yeah, after she's just essentially like poured her heart out to it. Yeah, well, it was nice to see him. Fuck off, no. Yeah, he is like that. You say he's he's clearly aware that he's a prick, and what he what he's done is he's gone there to act the big man. Mm. To kind of take the wind out of Colin's sails, and then once he does, that pisses Colin off the point where he goes, "Hang on a minute, why am I the shit here? Mm. He's the shit, 
but he's come here and made me look like this shit. Fuck this. I'm off. Yeah. Um, and there's clearly a lot of kind of like unrevised tension there. Yeah. That, that, that isn't sort over there. And then you've got Charles Dance's character who just starts dressing in women's clothing and putting makeup on halfway through it. And living his best life. And, but no, I love the fact that, no, no that, that nobody it. mentions it. I, I, I thought, oh, is he about to, when he's reading off that thing, is he, Is this the first time he's done this and he's about to say this? Nope. Just, just what he does. Yeah. And they're all just, just cool with it. And that, you know, which is how they should be. But it's just, it's it's nice that there's stuff like that that there's no issue made of. Yeah. It, it just it feels like a real family. It's it's a really really well made movie. I know in the interview um, that we that we watched, he was referencing Robert Altman and saying that he wanted to make an Altman like movie, and it does feel quite Robert Altman. It also yeah. feels um, Hal Ashby esque as well. Uh, That's not a bad shout. That yeah. In terms of the way that it's. Um, more less in terms of the interactions, more in terms of just the the pacing of it all, the fact that it flows and the fact that it is quite it's quite deep and quite dramatic, but it's all done in with almost a jokey way, like the bit where he's just had an argument with where the, the, the father character and Colin have had an argument outside and they're all watching. And then he can't open the door and has to walk by them and they all just go, shit, he's seen us. Yeah. <laughs> There's just little pockets of, of, of funny little moments there. It's Whenever you get something like this that arrives for essentially for free because we pay for our TV license, yeah, but it arrives for free, I, I think there's always a bit in the back of my mind that maybe this is, a, is a, not a good thing that always says, if I watched that in a cinema, would I be happy having paid? Would for I be it? happy having paid for it, mm. or would I feel a little bit jipped? Mm. And there's certain movies, often Netflix, but some have been on Prime, where I go, hmm. Yeah. I can see why that's there. Mm. Um, but this, if I'd have got to see this at the cinema, um, if, if Ian would have made me go and watch this at the cinema, of course, <laughs> me at Kubrick's, it's a new Ben Wheatley movie, I would have come out of it, I would have gone out of it going, fucking, fucking, and then I would have come out of it going, all right, fair enough, he's right. <laughs> well, and you know what he's doing next? Fun? You know what he's doing next? Oh, what? He's doing a remake of Rebecca for Netflix, starring Army Hammer and Lily James. <laughs> oh, you see, I'm very oh, 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 I'm actually quite excited for that now. Like fucking, like that man, like he marches to the beat of his own fucking drum. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for Ben Wheatley. He just fiercely does exactly what he wants to do, and he alone. He doesn't make any for them. And, you know, I mean, when he does, it's adverts. Or uh, episodes of... Or, or, episode, or, or maybe episodes of Doctor Who, even though then again, he said he, he, did, he did that just to kind of get back into the swing of things, you know? And, and it's like, okay, he kind of saw it as more an exercise than anything else, but he, he enjoyed doing it. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've got a lot of time for the guy. And the fact... I think it was the first one that he actually wrote solo as well. Because um, I believe Amy Jump, I believe he usually writes with, yeah. or he, or he um, directs her stuff. And um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was very, very keenly observed. It's funny. It's dramatic. I would love to see 
I would love to see a fucking follow-up, maybe at, like, Uncle Bertie's funeral or something. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd happily watch a follow-up to this, because I... Although I think all the characters feel developed enough, there are some that I wish we could have spent a little more time with. Sure, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so I'm definitely not shit. Definitely yeah. not shit? Yeah. 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 Uh, our audience poll, however, uh, definitely not shit, 58%. Hmm. Touching cloth, 17%. Okay. Shit, 8%. Okay. And Geostorm, 17%. How... <laughs> How is this a so bad it's good? That's fascinating. That, that is a little bit... Yeah, I, that's an odd one, but, but fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Hmm. I can see why people wouldn't get on with it. Yeah, I can see, I can see why people wouldn't get on with it. It's a certain, it's a certain type of movie. Mm. But I, I happen to realise the type of movie. But I, a I, Geostorm. I, yeah, it's not a Geostorm, no, no. Oh, but it's helped the fact that it's 93 minutes long. It's not a type of film I normally like, though. No, it's not a type of film you normally like. I'm more inclined to that kind of thing. Yeah. Than Bleak British drama fucking movies tend to... But I don't usually like British dramas, do I? No. I don't like overtly British things. No. It's a bit Brexit, you know. It is a bit Brexit. Um, but this wasn't. Remember the rapids? Remember I told you about the rapids? Well, they're close. It is very dangerous and there's only one way for me to navigate through them somebody has to look i'll look no i will decide okay i will decide just give me a, just give me a second uh, so yeah uh, bird box or should we do some what we've been watching it's up to you you're staring okay let's do bird box so bird box the uh netflix film is it a netflix original or is it a they buy it i think they bought it and fuck it let's say they bought it uh, Directed by uh, Suzanne Beer and stars Sandra B, Sandy Bullock. Sandy B. Uh, and who else has it got in it? Um, Trevent Rhodes, Sean Malkovich, uh, Jackie Weaver is in there, BD Wong, Tom Hollander, Sarah Paulson, uh, music by uh, Trevor Reznor and Mark Cross. That baddie man, Gary, you recognised him? Tom Holland, I've just said Did that. Yeah, that? I literally just said that just then. All right, I'll listen. listen well, well, that that does not look well. <laughs> we're, we're, we're an audio thing. We're, the, we're the horse can't even be asked to listen to her own husband. I'm more interested in what Ian's got to say, to be honest. Thank you. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I already know what you fucking thought of it, don't I? It's based on... A very popular novel. Popular novel. Well, I know it's based on a novel. I just don't know how popular it is. No one fucking good with it, for all I know. Uh, but I believe it is quite popular uh, by uh, Josh uh, Malloran. Um, the well, right. We're all spoilers all the time. Fuck it, it's Bird Box. You've already seen it. Um, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. Sandra Bullock plays uh, Mallory, a artist. Yeah, yeah why not? Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. uh, don't fucking try and fucking gaslight me. I'm not gaslight and she is with child at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yes, she is. What? What's wrong with that? I don't know. Well, at the beginning of the movie, she's not, is she? Well, no, she, she has two children at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and they're going down a river. And she, 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 she's very stern. She is very stern. She's, she's mildly erotic. Um, and so... What? Nothing. So, yeah, but then... You're fucking my, my fucking synopsis here. Sorry. Uh, and then it, we flash back years, 
before previous and uh, she's with child she's an artist with child there we with go. Child, yeah like and has sarah paulson and her last one ponytail uh, which she seems to be rocking on for the movies now. You leave Sarah Payne and Lost and Pony alone. No one likes Lost and Pony. It's a fucking shitty it's hour. It's not a strong look. It's not a strong look. No, it's not 1972. Get over it. Um, so, yeah. And shit starts, weird shit starts happening and people start killing themselves. Weird shit does Weird shit starts happening. happening. And it would appear like if you, if you see the weird shit, it makes you see and hear weird shit and kill yourself. We see a woman getting a burning car. We see Sarah Paulson drives her car off a fucking what is it? And there's just all manner of mentalness. And Sandra Bullock ends up in a house with a bunch of people uh, as they all are the survivors and try to work out what's going on here. Very angry John Malkovich. And, is there. and just John Malkovich. Is he always angry? It's just, just John Malkovich. John Malkovich, they have to be shooting the house next to it, and John Malkovich just believed it all. Do you reckon he really was suing BD1? Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, been around there to argue about it. Got yeah. caught up in a film set. He is now. Billy Wong right now keeps on hiding from John Malkovich now because he thinks he's dead. Yeah. So he stops suing him. That blows his mind, doesn't it? Yeah. I'd just point out to uh, to Mark that Billy Wong plays a character in the new American Horror Story with a very funny name of Baldwin Pennypacker. That's Love a that. very very good name. It's a good name. He's a wizard. I bet he's a. Is that is Zachary Quinto still in that? No. Good. No, he's not. I don't like him. He's a right serial advert about an actor, isn't he? A what? He's a right serial advert of an actor. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it's funny. Ian, Bird Box. <laughs> what do you think? Well, Bird Box is two hours of misery porn, isn't it? Like, it's fucking... It's just it's hard work. It's effective, but it's hard work. Even though it probably wasn't for you, Mark... Like, because you love, like, kids in danger. So it was probably a treat. Um, I, it's weird that Bird Box is a thing. Like, well, it wasn't, was it? It was a right slow starter, and then people started... It's it's Twitter that saved Bird Box. We've been reading lots of shit about it recently. People started making memes mm. of, of stuff from it, like uh, dragging a kid through fucking forest practically by their arms off the ground. And, and stuff like that, and it's just it's just caught fire. Like pretty much everyone has fucking seen it. That's I don't know. Like my office isn't one that really like talks about films and stuff like stuff like that. But it just the people are talking about it. It's very 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 weird. Just because it's we we were talking to Mike on the boy chat, and he was saying that it's like this whole kind of like endurance test thing that people. <laughs> seem to get into with tv shows and films now and 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 yeah i mean i think this is a case in point it's just a film that is really really fucking miserable but people love how miserable it is and then talking about how miserable it is from a filmmaking point of view i think that a lot it manages to keep up the tension very well for quite sustained periods of time um but I also felt like the film had no point um, and the ending is fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it, it, like, it just... It's like, well, we've got to leave people on a high, so what are we going to do? We're just going to do this, like, fucking artificial sweetener of a, of a high where it's, like, it's supposed to have that great taste but there's just something not right about it. I'll tell you what's not fucking right about it. 
Right, okay, there's a load of blind people. What about all the people that can see? Right, yeah, the birds are going to fucking help them. Why haven't the birds helped, helped anybody else? And there's birds flying around here, and it kind of looks like it's kind of outside-ish, and yet the people who see are fine? But there's a roof. There isn't a roof. There is a roof. It's not, it's not, it's not a real roof. It's, it's like netting. Fucking canopy. Canopy, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a canopy. It's not a roof. Well, they can't get in. They can. Through a canopy. Of course you can. No, you don't know what that canopy is made of. It might be glass. It might be a glass roof. It's not roof. glass. You don't know that. It's some kind of Hessian material. You don't fucking know that. It, well, if it's glass, if it's glass, right, how the fuck are vines growing through it? The vines are growing under the glass. Oh, nah. Also, one thing that hasn't really been mentioned, that scene where that it's the first person who's kind of like turned, hasn't killed himself but turned in, in the shop and it dra- drags the Charlie guy in with him, right? They say, oh, oh he's, a bit, he's, a bit wi- like, he's a bit weird, but I, you know, he's never done anything to me. He's a nice guy. And then later on, it's revealed that the, the like, if you're already a little bit bad or something, then this thing will make you like wanna make people kill themselves. So are we saying then, because it's implied in the supermarket scene that essentially the guy is maybe mentally ill or a bit slow. So yeah. are we implying then that slow people are evil? A little bit. It would appear so. It is. It's one of those things where it's just fucking. It, 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 it's shaming stupid people. Yeah, it's like it, it just, doesn't say that he's, he's stupid. It doesn't say that he's slow. It just says that he's a bit weird. He's a bit that weird. Could be but no, a bit. It, it means it, it, he's weird, and he's weird, and he push and he collects trolleys at a supermarket. But all the other people. But weird could be hurt small animals. Weird. I do not hurt smiles, but, but he says, but he was always nice to me. It's implied that he's a like he's a good person. So then, all the other people, like Tom Hollander and whatnot, it's implied that they're all bad people. Yeah, that is. So, but I don't. By, by, by the fact that you cast Tom Hollander, you're implying he's a bad person. <laughs> oh, I mean that whole fucking thread. Like, where it's just like, shit, we need to kill off a lot of people quickly. What do we do? I don't know, have a crazy Brit. Yeah, Tom Hollander, he'll do it. And then, yeah. oh. I got decimated real quick. Yeah. Uh, fucking, fucking Olympia. Thank well, don't get me started on that. I mean, poor bloody Jackie Weaver. Yeah. Like, fucking... I, I, like, didn't she win the Oscar for Animal Kingdom? She she did I think yeah I'm sure she, yes she did because she she went ahead of Melissa Leo who took out that big ad campaign for herself. Oh no! Do you know what? No, Melissa Leo won that. Jackie, she Weaver, Jackie Weaver was nominated. Right, she's nominated for Animal Kingdom, and now bless it, she just seems okay with just popping up in smaller roles in other films. And maybe that's just a, a statement of the industry. But I remember she's in the Disaster Artist. Um, she plays. The, the woman who plays the mother in the room. Yeah. And she's in a couple of scenes. It's like, it's Jackie Weaver. They've got her in for a... That's weird. Well, I, I think I remember seeing an interview with Jackie Weaver about this. Um, and she basically said, I spent 30 years not being able to get roles. It, it's, the, it's the Sam Jackson thing. Yeah, I spent years right. 
able to get roles. I've only got a certain amount of years before I'm not going to be able to get roles because I'm dead. I'm going to take everything that I want to, that I want to make. So yeah, if it no. makes me laugh, makes me cry, makes me scared, make, or gets any form of my interest, I'm going to do it. Yeah, all right. I, I, you know, fair enough. Then. I don't know. It just... It, pretty good it, hit rate, actually. It just feels like she was wasted. Oh, she's, she's wasting most things that she's not in a lot because she's brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked quite a bit. What do you guys think? Do you want to go first or do you go first? You go first. I'm hosting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't get the misery element of it. I don't think it's any more miserable, really, than any kind of survival horror-y type movie. Like, it's no more miserable than... Oh, I don't know, I had a really good example of something that was quite similar, I can't remember what it was now. But any kind of zombie survival movie is, is very similar. It's hiding and then trying to get somewhere safe. And I, I, yeah. no, I mean, I mean my, kids my, 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 Sorry, my only thing is the fact that this film is be- becoming such a thing with people. And it almost feels like what people... I, it's it's like when The Walking Dead was big as well, and it's like just because of like fucking how bleak it is. I it just... It's. I think it's the state of the world today that I'm just like I don't. I really don't need to see this on screen for two hours and just people perpetually running away from things and things dwindling and then maybe being a glimmer of hope at the end. Like I just like I I need I need something more hopeful than that at the moment. And you know I and again I just I don't see what Bird Box has to say about that other than plot um i don't know i mean the example that i thought of before by the way was the mist it's a hell of a lot less miserable than the mist yeah i can see that actually i can see the at least this one's got a happy ending with a roof that kind of a roof not really a roof more of a more of a terracing but... what i didn't understand was the mist has got a sense of humor sorry you are the mist has got a sense of humor yeah, there's not much funny bits in this. I disagree. Although the bit where she grabs the mighty amused me. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I can play all the ones, but I will do in a minute. Carry on. And the bit where the boy's like, I'll do it. I'll look. I'll look. No, I'll decide. No, it's, then she's just going to the girl. The girl. Eh? girl who says it, the boy had the dog. The boy, boy says, I'll look, when she's asking him about, both, about looking. I think that's her who says it. The girl says it. No, it's not. I think it is. Carry on. Um... And clearly she wants it to be the girl, because mm. she clearly doesn't like her. Try <laughs> I did enjoy the ultimate fuck you to Olympia as well, when she was like, you know, at the start, she's like, oh, if it's a girl, I'm going to call it Ariel or... Oh, yeah. In Olympia. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Yeah, Even if she called it Ella, like, the Cinderella name, that would have been, like, at least honouring its mother's wishes. She'd sadly be doing a shit about that. Nah. I'm not giving you a stupid name. Well, Olympia is a pretty stupid name. Yeah, it is. Um, no, I, 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 I liked it in the same way I like any kind of survival movie like this. I, I like The Mist. I like Dawn of the Dead. I like I like these kind of movies where there's there's peril and they've got to get somewhere. It's it was exciting, and when they were driving, oh god, when they were driving to the supermarket. Just a speed bump. It's just a speed bump. Oh my god! It's not. It was heads. Head. It was a head. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it, it, I mean, it is 
bleak because it's the type of movie it is is bleak but ultimately it's about the journey man and the journey's fun it's a it's an interesting movie to watch does it do they well, it's not well, it's fun to watch, though. Oh, it's fun to watch. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Five minutes on for that. No, yeah. no, it's not. It's not like a no. like a hike. It's not. No, no. I think that's all I've got to say, really, on it. I really enjoyed okay. it, and I didn't find it that miserable. And it's got a happy ending because there's a roof. In a roof. Um, there's some vines. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's. It, it, I, 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 like Ian says, like Ian predicted, I didn't get the misery aspects of it. it it's not a done on, it, it, it's not a laugh riot, but it is, in comparison to something like The Road, it's almost homeward bound in its, in its <laughs> true ballet. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the, the Road is the one that I would sort of compare it to in saying for the, for the sense of misery, and The Road is a fucking bleak and miserable movie. Why do they leave the fucking storage place? Why do they leave the storage fucking place? Yeah, it still, is. Still gets me now. Yeah, it is. Stay in the fucking can storage place. Well, but, when you, but when you put Cormac McCarthy and John Hillcourt together and go, we have this story, you know it's going to be fucking bleak. Yeah. Look at Fair it going, point. This is going to be fucking... Cormac McCarthy, is, is a, his rating's bleak, and John Hillcourt is a bleak man. Um, oh, and what else can you do? Oh, we're going to get fucking... We're going to get Nick Cave to score it, or Warren Ellis to score it. Jesus, but so this isn't that. Um, <laughs> it, it's got more in, you know, it, it's it clearly is taking beats from genre films. So you've got a bit of um, Donna Dead esque bits in it with the um, supermarket, and then you've got a little bit of um, the mist, I think, thrown in there. Um, you could claim that for sure. Uh, you've also got a little bit of uh, This Is the End, the um, Seth Rogen. <laughs> What is it? Comedy? Uh, I think it's one of Okay. I'm pretty sure you do. Um, so there's a bit of that as well. Um, I imagine that um, Tom Holder did fucking just jerk off over all of that fucking place uh, in the style of... What's his name? Craig, Craig Robinson. No, no, it's the other one. Uh, it was just the shitty coral adverts over here. Oh, oh Danny McBride. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. So there's, there's that, yeah. So, you know parallels um I, I i enjoyed how much of a bitch sandy b was i like the fact that she didn't give the children names just called them boy and girl um even though i've got to say i would argue that it's they set up the fall she's a bit of a bitch and she only calls them boy and girl but in the time spent with the kids in like the house before they go she seems pretty happy with them and there's like, <laughs> I think she's more happy with him than she is them. I don't think she's like. I don't know. I didn't get that sense. Like, and it just—it does seem like they formed this nice unit, and then as soon as they're out on the road, I mean, I understand why she's being cold, but the whole calling them boy and girl, like, it's—I know she—it's like she didn't really want the baby, but there's not enough. I don't think there's enough time with the kids to actually like establish that she doesn't like them. What was it? No, I think I think they they're kind of going for a kind of she's emotionally distancing herself until they're safe, which is why obviously she then she gives them their names when they get to the the, the school for the blinds. Um, 
if she's if she's worried that she's going to lose them and that would be too upsetting, then that would explain, I suppose, why why she's created that distance. I guess. Yeah, it it, it that's the thing. It it just the the film. It just there wasn't an there wasn't enough of the connective tissue there for me to re- for it to really click. Um, I it, I mean like if if you're into the atmosphere and the tension as it sounds like you were Bex, and then you know I think you would enjoy it a lot more. Me, I just I I appreciate the filmmaking because like the actual direction. I, I think is is perfectly good and like Suzanne Beer is not one known for tension even though I thought it was interesting that Alexander Witt did the second unit direction I mean like he's directed films before and it's it, so maybe the actiony stuff she wasn't as responsible for maybe um, but whatever you know I thought she managed to sustain the depression for an awful lot of it and i've got to say like the initial everything going to shit i thought was really well staged um like i i was into this film for about the first 45 minutes or so and then when it settled down into like the next 45 and it was just like people are going to get picked off one by one then i i I think i fell out of it yeah i can i can see that once when they as soon as both of them start going to labor it was a little bit, oh, fucking hell. It, 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 that's when it started to lose it a little bit for me. You know, you, you've got John Malkovich's character there. If he wanted to get out of that room that much and enough that he knew that there was bad shit going down, all they had to do was break a little fucking window. Yeah, straight know? up. That, that frustrated, like, literally thought exactly the same. You could, you could fucking get out of there if you wanted to. You can quite quite easily, you know. You're a. I just think one of the best scenes in the whole film was the little back and forth that um, they have. Bullock, yeah. Him and Sandra Bullock have when they've just been to the what is it star, and they're they're basically he's basically and he rides around me like that, and he's like, "Wow, was he devilishly handsome too?" Mm. And they're having that, and he's he's very well aware that he's a fucking arsehole. <laughs> but she's also quite aware that she's actually a dick as well. And they're just, they're bouncing off each, they're, they're literally, they're two people who are going, right, I don't have the optimism that these people have here. I don't, I don't believe all this is fine. We are essentially waiting to die. Yeah, because I, mean, I, 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 I will say, I thought the fact they do kind of seem to set up that Malkovich is just going to resent Bullock because essentially the, yeah. his wife got killed because of her. And I like the way that he has that heart to heart with her, in, in like cynical heart to heart. And then that, that bit's kind of over. And then they kind of learn to respect each other more. And it's just the situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought Malkovich did quite a lot with a fairly generic type um but he he seemed to give it his all and and bullock's good i mean the 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 cast are decent i thought tom hollander just when he went full mental took me out of it because it was i thought it was quite cartoonish 
Mm. Uh, um, like the, the like, he's kind of all bug-eyed and just kind of like, I'm gonna do a creepy, quiet voice, and don't you want to see outside? Don't you want to see how marvelous it is? It's just like, nah, mate. Like, no, nah, just fuck off. Like, he, uh, it, he did get a little bit kitty catcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that. Yeah, that that was it. Even though, again, like the whole kind of like give give me give me your baby, and just like the whole kind of like trying to get the kid to see like that that's fucking unnerving. Like in that, that's unnerving. But then his performance did take me out of it and go, "Oh, just fucking calm down." <laughs> yeah, I thought the worst bit of that, like rather than him trying to get the kids, was when he fucking forces Jackie Weaver's eyes open. Like, no, just just like, roll your eyes up in your head. Just do something. You yeah, can't. yeah. Even though um, the pregnant lady just fucking running out of the window was pretty good. Yeah, that was alright. Yeah, that was good because it meant she was dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that even though I that's the thing I say good in the way that watching that as a gif out of context could be quite funny in the future. Yeah. I, I, I very much didn't like her character. No. As soon as she came in and started and got up in the air, I was like, oh, God, they're all fucking Disney princesses. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Oh, you're one of those You're one of those people. Those people. You're a <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, even though she was quite self uh, fuck me I'm defending it now I mean like but I mean she's quite self-aware and she says like I had everything handed on uh, to me on a plate and you know now I'm stuck and she it's almost like you know the fact that she says like you promise me you'll look after her because she knows she's fucked at some point like she knows she's not long for this world mm, yeah I, I, I can see that but it's still then you've got Sandra Bullock's like they're the, the, like the yin and the yang of it all whole fucking mm. thing she's all the bleakness and the darkness and like that I think like the fact she had the kids names at the end I would have liked if, if she literally just went, went oh what these are with a boy and girl and she went oh shit fucking yours now I'm off over here <laughs> that was that was the bit that annoyed me most. Your bitch oh, body coffee. Oh, do you want to come and play with the other kids? No, give them a fucking shower. Give them a fucking shower. No, I bet they fucking stink. No, and Sandra Bullock just got all fucking shit all around and like that. All right, here's some here's some fresh clothes. But come over here. No, can I have a fucking shower? And I I, I liked as well that those fresh clothes were your standard post-apocalyptic raggy looking clothes yeah they, they, were, they were all they were all earthy colours <laughs> yeah like, the yeah, earthy I... clothes that have, that have been that are, that are left look like they were weaved by hippies I, I mean that, that that last five minutes just re- like and when the doctor just random is randomly yeah, there I... as well like it's... I, I said to Becky that I, there's clearly going to be somebody she knows here so who is it going to be and everyone else has died so it had to be. Then like, the doctor comes out and she's like, "Oh, Mallory, is that you?" It's like you get uh, almost like you feel like she was going to go, "Ah, fuck it, fuck it." The doctor, or do I just go back outside and go, "Nope, nope, going to go back outside now." I did like no. the bit. She asked the kids their names though, and they were like, "I'm oh, boy, I'm, I'm girl, I'm doctor's face." And we're like, "What? Oh, really? Huh? Okay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was quite. It was, it was also like a nice wrap around. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the thing about the fact that there's this. The, the things could quite easily get in because there's no roof. There is a roof. There is. A roof. There is. Yeah, bird, bird Box Two would there? be. You are. Bird Box. The post-credit scene should literally be just everybody dead. <laughs> yeah. Apart, apart, 
A big hole in the vine. Apart from one dead kid going, one dead blind kid going, Gary? Bob? Gary, Gary's Tom Holland though, he doesn't want him there. Well, one come and call Gary. He's coming to the third set going, There's a blind people Hello? Alive. Hello? No, that's not all. Some of my fake hair. Are they? Yeah. Wow. Maybe some of them are partially sighted. <laughs> Maybe they'd just be like partially dead. Nah, and nice. Yeah, it, that would have worked. They'll run out of food at some point. Well, oh, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> so, Bird Box, what do you think, rating wise? Um, to be honest, definitely not shit. I think there's enough in it to, uh, I, I respect what the film does and the fact that it works for people, and I can see how it does. But it's just like it's not, it's not for me. But it's it, that, that's not to say that it's shit because I don't think it is. Yeah, definitely not shit for me. I, I like, but it, it's it very much follows a Sorry. a very similar pattern to a lot of other survival horror movies but then I think that those particular survival horror movies don't necessarily get made as much anymore because they feel cliched it's nice to see a new one is what I would say and I enjoyed it I think the acting was good Um, I'd like to I'd like I'd like Sarah Paulson to have been in it for a bit longer because I quite like quite like her I like Sarah Paulson and I fully respect the fact that she is um, partnered up with a lady who is like 30 years her senior. Yeah. I love that about Sarah Paulson. Good. And also that photo of her standing beside Madonna never fails to make me laugh when I think about it. Have you guys ever seen that? No. Oh, Oh, just... Literally just next to going and literally just mouthing about Madonna. Yeah, oh, Becky, no, like, just seriously, Google Sarah Paulson Madonna. I bet you it's the first image. Hang on. Let's see. But I'm definitely not shit in the sense that, uh, yeah. (laughs) That is good. Um, It's it's definitely not shit. I I won't watch it again, but I I still maintain that Sandra Bullock is uh, an actress where she can make anything watchable. Yeah, definitely. She's, it, it is, I think it is so underappreciated how charismatic a screen presence she is. Mm. Yeah. Um, and also, um, i gotta, I got to say the fact that this has inspired the hashtag bird box challenge. I'm kind of hoping <coughs> like Darwinism will kick, kick in and we might at least get rid of a few really stupid fucking people. It's like people challenging themselves to like do mundane things blindfolded, and Netflix have had to put out a statement warning people not to do it. Fuck out. Like, like, um, riding a scooter and climbing an escalator and stuff like that, and it's like. Like, literally, Netflix US tweeted out uh, earlier today, can't believe I have to say this, but please do not hurt yourselves with the bird box challenge. We don't know how this started, and we appreciate the love, but boy and girl have just one wish for 2019. Is that And, and it is that you not end up in hospital due to memes. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. Do you know what that is? Do you know what, what, really what that is? People on fucking YouTube and Instagram thinking they're gonna get famous by doing something stupid. Yeah. Like fucking seriously, let's just 
let's just get rid of a few people, stupid fucking people then. Yeah. You know, like, you're going to do that. You, you make your own fucking bed. Yeah. Um, our audience votes, definitely not shit, 56%. Uh, touching cloth, 25%. Shit, 13%. And Geostorm, 6%. 20th Century Fox would like you to meet the Furpo family. Dave. Once released from this prison, I, much like my reptilian brother, the pterodactyl, shall fly high above my problems. Alvin. Excuse me. Well, the sign says take a pen, not take all the pens. <laughs> Bill. Look at that abandoned car. <laughs> it's my car. Oh. Their ma. Beautiful dream. Hey, Edna, I always like to ride in the trunk of the car. Edna, Edna, are we sleeping together? I think not. One big temptation. Forget it. Forget what? There's no money in the vault. Hey, what have we here? $275,000. <laughs> One brilliant plan. This is a robbery! All right, who's got the key? Raise your hand. Oh. Do you boys really want to do this? Absolutely! But on Christmas Eve, it doesn't seem right. One huge mistake. I just did what the map said. I made four lefts. Four lefts? As I start going, you idiot! Robbing the bank was easy. Oh, my God, are you okay? Well, we're not dead, if that's what you mean. Why don't you come join my family and me for a wonderful Christmas dinner by the fire? But surviving the nicest little town in the world... Here we are. That's the hard part. Come on in. I just want these people. I don't want to get to know them, all right? If you don't give me that money, I'm going to throw your mother out the window. All right, all right. Love you, too. But you need any money. Oh, no, we, we've taken more than I share already. 20th Century Fox presents the story of three brothers looking to get out of paradise. Is there a bus or a train? Any way they can. Nicholas Cage. I'm getting this feeling that you're not telling me something. John Lovitz. Yeah, with this feeling you're getting is paranoia. Dana Carvey. Come on, let's just go. Trapped in paradise. Don't aggravate the old witch. I wish I was a witch. I'd shove my broomstick right up your... Ah! <laughs> Ian, what have you been watching this week other than the movies we discussed? Um, probably haven't got that much more, to be fair. Um, let me bring up my list. Yeah, so, I mean, as I mentioned earlier on, I um, I rewatched Ocean's 8, which is a good deal of fun, that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it was fun in the cinema, it's fun at home, it's a good time. There's a few... It did come up this time just how many of them manage to get jobs in the places they need to be in with ease yeah like sarah paulson just ends up working for vogue and she ends up being one of the people who plan the plan the the uh, party and you know kate blanchett is fucking just what like the sous chef at the, and it's like how is this all happening now um but yeah um, I will say though the um, fucking uh, what's her name uh, Mindy Kaling when she's in the bathroom like an- uh, analyzing the diamonds and the diamond analysis kit is in the baby change unit. That's fucking amazing. 
I don't know, there's something about, a, like, she just pulls down the baby change and there's all this stuff. It it tickled me. Uh, and, you know, maybe that's just me. Uh, only other thing I've got is uh, Christopher Robin. Um, <laughs> so, directed by Mark Forster. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. I've been accused of this before. You just... You just... Huh, Apparently you? I am, yeah. I, after um, uh, that, that that girl who I still message occasionally on Facebook to remind her that I'm not Matt Forster. Um, <laughs> after she threaded me on Facebook, and then uh, when I hit, oh, that's hit, right. I thought I thought it was somebody I, I knew and went for, yeah. <laughs> and then she fucking sent me a direct message, about essentially telling me off for not being Matt Forster. <laughs> And leading her on, I was like, anyway, you requested me. Do you remember on the IMDb message board as well? Yeah, loads of people. They might still be up, actually. Don't don't fucking look at this this guy's profile. He's not the real Mark Forster. That's brilliant. Um, so, Mark Forster and his editor, the wonderfully named Matt Cheese, but it's spelled cheese. Um. It's it's a film, is Christopher Robin. Um, Ewan McGregor plays the eponymous Christopher Robin, who um, basically learns to forget about Pooh and uh, instead goes to work in the city. And he's got a wife and he's got a kid, but he's kind of ignoring them. And um, Mark Gatiss plays his boss and basically says, right, you've got to crunch some numbers, otherwise we're going to let go of a shitload of your staff. So, you know, it's not Ewan McGregor trying to advance his career. It's Ewan McGregor trying to run numbers to make sure that his colleagues don't end up getting the sack. Um, But he's made to feel really bad about it. Um, Even though, to be fair, he did promise his wife and child that they'd go away for the weekend. But I think if McGregor literally explained the situation, then his wife might be a bit kinder to him than right we're going to go out to the country and this might be the end of our marriage basically so that was my first thing against actually no my first thing against it was the way that the introductory sequence seems to paint it as a terence malick film and then in the opening titles you've got christopher robin at war um which is just i don't know who this film's for um it's basically for what Winnie the Pooh fans who have clinical depression, <laughs> um, which is a it's quite a narrow audience for Disney to target, I think. Um, so the first half is this just bleak as fuck, just really like hard work. Look at Christopher Robin kind of not being treated nicely by those around him but also being an utter shit to Winnie the Pooh like an utter utter shit to Winnie the Pooh and yeah Winnie I kind of got that from the trailer it doesn't look like like a nice whimsical relationship that they've got going on no I mean like there's a scene in the Hundred Acre Wood where Christopher Robin basically breaks Winnie the Pooh's heart and it it's just it's fucking horrible um and then 
after that scene, there's like a 20-minute sojourn where they want to find Winnie the Pooh and then Heffalumps get involved and then the other characters kind of come into it and they, and then Christopher the Robin makes up with Winnie the Pooh and then it becomes this big chase thing where Christopher Robin is trying to get back with his family, he's trying to save his colleagues' jobs and the creature, like the Winnie the Pooh and friends are like kind of having adventures in the city and then it feels like a heartwarming Disney film. Um, and it, the second half worked, it got me back on side. And maybe I'd enjoy the film on rewatch knowing what's to come, but I don't think I could rewatch it because it is very, very hard to get through that first 40, 45 minutes or so. Um, it, it's just, it's very, very sad, but it feels kind of. M- artificially so it's what can we do to make christopher robin just be really depressed and make the film really depressing and then isn't that just going to make all the like the rompy stuff in the second half all the sweeter and yeah it does but only because it's like if if it wasn't go if it didn't do that it would probably be one of the worst films of the year and even with the rompy light-hearted stuff in the second half i still wonder who the fuck the film is for and you know it did okay at the box office but to be fair i don't think it did as well as a ewan mcgregor starring essentially winnie the pooh Pooh reboot should have um and yeah i I, you know i mean like fucking i was watching it on sunday afternoon and sending mark videos of it and literally there's one bit where winnie the pooh wakes up walks outside and everyone has disappeared and it's gray and horrible and he's just shouting hello where is everyone and i wanted to cry it's just like it's just so fucking sad but artificially so and then sweet but artificially so and I don't believe that anyone really wanted to make the film that it is. But the second half is fun. And the visual effects are incredible. Like, the way they've made them look like they're in the world, but they also look like toys. And just weathered toys. Like, Tigger is all faded. And just looking at him, I just wanted to hug him. Oh, night-night, Bubba. I see you in the morning, yeah? Do you want to say anything to the people I'm reco- who are listening to the podcast? Okay, all right, fair enough then. All right, no, no, baby, love you. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's... Did she just say no thank you? Yeah. Aww. Look, Aww. She's, she's very polite as my little brother. Um, so, yeah, it just, it's a film that is for no one and I'm not entirely sure what they were doing. I think... The story was by two people and the screenplay was by three separate other people. And, you know, it's a film that feels like that. It's a film that mm. was just made by a bunch of people who were never really connected up together. Um, so, yeah, I really like Winnie the Pooh. I thought Christopher Robin overall was just about okay. Yeah, I remember thinking that when I watched the trailer and looking at the colour palette they've used for the toys and stuff and thinking, who the fuck have they actually made this for? Clearly it's grown-up, nostalgic Winnie the Pooh fans, but mm. 
No one needs that kind of le- that level of bleak from a Winnie the Pooh movie. No, that's exactly it. No, no one needs that level of bleak, bleak from Winnie the Pooh. No, no. Lottie, you know? L- sorry, Lottie finds it really funny that I'm talking about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Did she watch it with you? Oh God, no. Okay. Nah, she's like, I'm so glad I didn't take her to see it in the cinema. I mean, like, she would have been done in the first 10 minutes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just because, like, he doesn't really properly appear on screen for a good 20, 30 minutes. And right. before that, it's just Ewan McGregor like, and Hayley Atwell being sad at each other. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah, uh, misfire. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we'll avoid that one. I don't like Winnie the Pooh. You don't like Winnie the Pooh. You don't like whimsy, though. Um, oh, two six. Lots. Has Timmy had food? Okay, all right, I'll give him some in a bit. Um, sorry, guys. But, uh, that's that's what I've got anyway. Um, we've got a few actually. I think. Oh, cool. uh, you do your, your your one that you watched at the first. I watched the island. I did a rewatch of the island because I remember thinking it was shit when it came out. It's still shit now. Don't watch it. That's all I've got. It's fucking. <laughs> nice. It's okay. too early and too easily. It's like a cheap fucking date. Nice. That's Fair enough. Um, Just avoid at all fucking costs. All right, I'll, I'll, all right. <laughs> I'll do. I'll do the one that I watched on my own. Okay. Today, um, inspired by uh, Holmes and Watson. Um, oh, good luck. One of the best comedies of the year. Okay. Um, I rewatched uh, Talladega Nights. Nice. The ballad of Ricky Bobby. Uh, I, I remember quite like this when it, I first watched it. I still quite like it. I still have one massive, massive issue with it that I had when I first watched it. And it's that Sasha Baron Cohen is shit in it. You don't like him, though, in not, general? No, I don't like him, I don't think he's funny. Which, when you're a comedian, I think that, that is quite essential. Uh, it's probably a problem. Yeah. I think he, he, he has been funny occasionally, but um, in very small doses. This was like the first big film he did. Mm. And he's he's. I remember everyone going on about it, going, "Oh, how funny is he in it?" And everything at the time, <gasps> not very. And I think if you go back to it now, all those people who said how funny he was in it would now watch it and go, "Oh, oh actually, he's not funny, is he at all?" He's doing he's French, so he's doing a French accent, except it doesn't sound French at all. It just he's. I find Sarah Spurgeon Cohen is one of those actors are performers yeah that what they've done is they've made being a little bit crap at things <laughs> seem like part of their character yeah like a little bit like jimmy fallon constantly laughing at himself that <laughs> it, it, it's become part of that that's it so he can never actually just be in something because he's always got to be Sasha Baron Cohen in something. Mm. So if, if if he had played Freddie Mercury in the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, it would have been Sasha Baron Cohen's Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it it all would have been that. He he doesn't play characters. He is himself in stuff. being a character. Yeah, it's a very different. It's a very different thing. He's one of his characters being a character. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit, and he's he's crapping it. But other than that. It, it's it's very funny. John C. Riley constantly shouting "shake and bake" at, at things it is amusing. Um, Will Ferrell thinking he's on fire is amusing. Mm. It's it's a fun movie. It's mental seeing Amy Adams in this. 
Oh, God, who does she... Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mental that Amy Adams then went on to become Amy Adams, you know, in, in, what, 12 years? Since then, Amy Adams, I can't believe she hasn't won an Oscar yet. What the fuck is going on, Amy Adams? Um, So, yeah, it's only a night. It's still a lot of fun, but Sasha Baron Cohen still ruins the fucking thing because he's shit. Uh, (laughs) Becky. Uh, I actually want to do one of the other ones that we watched together. You can get that one. Um, Okay, so we watched uh, Trapped in Paradise as final Christmas film. Final Christmas movie, yeah. Yeah. um, uh, Basically, yeah, uh, Christmas comedy with Nick Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. Um, John Lovitz and Dana Carvey get released from jail. Early parole because of brothers, yeah. Because of Oh yeah, they're all brothers. Um, and Nick Cage picks them up from jail and essentially gets tricked into going on doing a crime, robbing her back. Um, and then they get trapped in Paradise, which is the town that they've gone to to rob this bank. Um, they get basically snowed in, and everyone's really nice to them. And Nick Cage has a crisis of conscience. There's a horse and sleigh involved. Yeah, it's it's not one I've come across before, actually, so I'm not going to spoiler it too much because it's, for a lot of people, it might be a new Christmas film that they can add to the... Collection for next year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Literally a year's time. In, in a year's time. So, you know, just listen back to this one. We'll remind you in November. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's actually... I mean, it's Nick Cage being Nick Cage, so there's a lot of... There's a lot of um, Nick Cage-iness. There, there is quite a, there, there is an awful for this era Cage where he was trying to be a little bit less zany Cage. Yeah, it's post um, honeymoon in Vegas Cage, but pre leaving Las Vegas Cage. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. That is a plea movie. Yeah. Okay, we need to rewatch that. Um, yeah, we do. <laughs> it's 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 really good, and it actually turns out to be a really really sweet film in the end, and mid dynamics in there being delightful as always I do like seeing a pop up into, I like seeing any of the um, Twin Peaks alums come up in anything to be perfectly honest with you yeah it's always, like, it's always quite nice it's, look it's all apartment look it's yeah um, we also uh, watched uh, Blockers which I believe you've seen Ian haven't you yeah I like Blockers um, so yeah Blockers um, stars Leslie Mann um Ike Bernholtz, John Cena as three parents of kids who are going to their prom and they've made a pact to essentially lose their virginity on prom night. Uh, Leslie Mann and John Cena <coughs> work this out via a series of emojis and then decide that they're going to try and cop them. them. Um, and hilarity ensues. It's, it's a really good comedy, actually. There's nice. really funny bits in it. I find the underlying message really problematic, though. I really what? don't like it. What? Just let your fucking kids live their lives. But that is, that's the message. That they should be letting their kids live their lives. That, that the only problems that happen is because they're, they're cause, helping cause them. Well, yeah. You know, there, there, is, there is that, and you've got to allow your kids to make the mistakes. I, I, I that, hated Leslie Mann throughout this entire movie. <laughs> Leslie Mann has a good way of playing annoying characters quite adorably, though, I would say. Yeah. Uh, John Cena might be a comic genius. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's some, there's some funny... Yeah. 
Yeah, John Cena gets, gets gets some fucking great bits in this movie. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it literally, you can't really say much more than that. Not because you'll spoil it, but that is literally the film. Yeah, they chase their kids around town, try to stop them having sex. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot of fun. Anyway. And what's his name's not on board with it at first because he just wants to let his daughter live a life, and yeah. then he realizes that she's going to end up sleeping with a guy, and she's clearly gay. So now he has to stop that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I like that, but I, but I, but then I like the fact that he literally just he lives in the back of the car and he's like, "Well, she's not because she's gay." Yeah. And it's like they all go, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." How do you know? He's like, "He's just kind of fucking no." Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't tell her. I know. He lets her. Yeah. Have her moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, 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 I strong recommend is, is, is blockers. Yeah. You can take the next one. So we watched Thoroughbred. Um. Watched what? Sorry. Thoroughbreds. Oh. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. A, a film apparently um, directed by by playwright Corey Finlay a, a playwright he's a playwright did you know did you know he's is, a playwright is he part of some kind of playwright he, collective he is part of a playwright collective he is indeed I will I will tell you the name of the playwright collective <laughs> once I find it, um, it, it, it it's um, so I'm gonna find it because because it's you, you're gonna need to hear this because it, it, it's it's gonna blow your fucking minds. So uh, yeah, uh, da, da, da. it is called Young Blood. Young Blood. Young Blood. Yeah, it's a collection of playwrights, up and coming playwrights under the age of thirty. Oh, hence why young. Young, young Blood. Oh. Yeah. Um, can't actually find a single fucking player the guy's written. <laughs> But I assume um, his dad paid for his rent while he was writing it. Um, so, Thoroughbreds. Uh, Anton Yelchin's last film. Aww. Sad, that. Uh, it stars Olivia Cook, uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, um, who um, has, a, has a look about her, doesn't she, Ian? <laughs> yes. Yes, she does. Um, so, uh, Olivia Cook's uh, character is slightly... Broken, she appears to have murdered a horse uh, in quite a brutal fashion, uh, and is kind of ostracised by everybody and thought to be a little bit weird. Um, and so, in some kind of weird way to make friends, uh, her mother pays for uh, Anatella Joy's uh, Lily to essentially tutor her or spend time with her. Yeah, um, and then. Through that, we find out that Anatella Joy doesn't like her stepfather, and Olivia Cook's character comes up with an idea that they could kill them, kill him, and then she'd be free of the stepfather. And Alton Yelchin gets roped into it, etc. And bits like that. What do you think of that? I actually, I actually quite like it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually. There's not much to it. It's quite shallow. In as much as you're not, there's a veneer. To their world, which is, I think, a very intentional veneer, um, that you're not really supposed to get to know them too well. Um, I think it explores their relationship quite nicely, um, how that develops from essentially paid tutor and don't look at me like that, and weirdo to being friends and co-conspirators. Um, and essentially, Olivia, Co- Olivia Cook's character kind of sacrifices herself at the end for Anya Taylor-Joy's character to be able to get rid of her stepdad. Um, yeah, I liked it. I think it, it looks nice. It's 
it's it's would I watch it again? Probably not. But I enjoyed it. That's exactly where I'm at with it. Yeah. Go on then. Well Go on. <laughs> it, it's 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 another another instalment of this current little fucking crop of filmmakers um who are writing stories about wealthy upper class American kids and the, the trials of all of that and how it's so hard for them. And you're looking going, basically what you're doing is you, you're, you're one of the characters, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, because your life's so hard that essentially you become a filmmaker because, what, your, your parents have paid for your entire fucking existence. It's 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 that. that, that it's just, it's got nothing to fucking say whatsoever. It is juvenile to fuck. It is. It, it's a film. Anna Taylor Joy is very good. In it. I'll say that for it. I think Linda cuts crap in it, and usually she's great. Anton Yelchin seems like he's turned up and gone. Oh, he's kind of wasted. He's only in it for about ten. You know, he's great in what he's in, but even he feels a little bit like he's there going. I don't want to be in this because it's a bit shit. Um. So there's that. I just, I, I, I found it just dull, really fucking dull and whiny, so whiny. Well, to be fair, young people are quite whiny. Yeah, but this is this is the thing is there. It's it's not the young people that are whiny. It's the films whiny. I don't think you can dismiss it as just rich people problems. I think that's a bit reductive. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah. Because if it was about two. Fucking poor. Yeah, so I'm saying it, it, I just it, it irritated me in the film. I, I don't, I don't see that. It, it wouldn't have had those. I don't think it would have had those issues. The issues didn't seem to marry up with killing him. It was just, it was just whining. It was, it was a really whiny, whiny film, and I, I don't see why anybody would watch that over something like Heather's. Which is what well, I me. Well, to be fair, no, nobody put a gun to my head and say, you're going to have to watch Thoroughbreds over Heathers, otherwise I'm going to shoot you. But if somebody did now, what would you choose? Well, I don't know, probably Heathers. There you go, then. <laughs> well, it irks me. It's not, it's not the same kind of film. It's not a comedy for a start-off. What? Nothing. Karen? Well, it's not. It's a bit, in fairness, it's not all shit. Here the he goes. Top of the fucking poster for the movie, American Psycho meets Heather's. That's a quote from. They put it on the fucking poster. Yeah, yeah, because they're trying to sell it. Right, but then they can't. You can't turn around and say it's not trying to be Heather's. It's a fucking poster. Well, no, it's, we didn't. To be That's fair, Becky said, Becky said oh. it's not try. It's not a comedy. She didn't say anything about it not trying to be Heather's. She said it's not a comedy. It, like it's still got Heather's Z elements like to it. It's not like Heather's. Is it, what, is it not? Do you know what it's a comedy? No. Do you not? Maybe a bit. No, generally not. Do you not think the point is going for comedy? Not really. On the action bits. You didn't think they were going for comedy? No. No. I did. That's probably a sign of how little the film did for you, bud. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely thought they were going for black comedy. No, I don't think not with the Anton Yelchin bits. No, man. I mean, like shit. He's oh, he's, he's oh, basically a, 
he's a fucking what like essentially a paedophile who they rope into their scheme basically through blackmail like it's not that funny that's not funny I, 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 honestly honestly I thought we were going for black comedy you watched it wrong maybe maybe I did where did you get black comedy from like there was some funny bits like the the dialogue between the girls at points was funny but it wasn't going for funny I, 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 I thought that it was trying to be black comedy a deeply black comedy and missed its mark. What would you think it was? I'm not the only person who thinks it's a fucking black comedy. The yeah. Wikipedia says a dark comedy. Wikipedia says that, though. Still saying it says it. Mm. So you, you, neither of you got any comedy virus from it at all? No. Wow. Not, not particularly, to be fair, bud. Okay, right. Oh. Might have to watch this again, then. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm, I, again, the poster, wickedly funny and superbly unpredictable. They a comedy no, thriller. They have no way of controlling what other people say about no, it. No, but I'm not saying. I'm saying. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, saying, I'm saying. I'm not the only person who thinks it's a fucking comedy. Yeah, comedy thriller's a stretch. Who the fuck's that? Yeah. So maybe you guys have watched it fucking wrong. I'm right. Well, our way of watching it means we liked it. So I'm 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 perfectly comfortable with the way I watched it. But you wait. But you guys didn't see comedy in it. <laughs> not particularly. But the first advertising, how funny it is. Well, not 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 particularly. There's a lot of comedies that are, that I don't find particularly funny. In fairness, even though the the poster says they're but funny, you, but then no, again, you, I you didn't get you didn't get a black comedy vibe from it. But the no. Not particular, not particularly. No, I mean, fuck, man, that ending is pretty depressing. Is it? That was a different fucking movie. Maybe. Did you fall asleep? Maybe. No. Or though, right? One thing I will say, you know, when she was describing a dream. Yeah. At the end, I really kind of wanted it to go um, a bit. Uh, Sorry to bother you, and I've just like people walking around with horses' heads on. Actually, yeah, that would have been pretty sweet. That would have been amazing. See, that would have made it a comedy. But mm. what, what you saw wasn't a comedy because they didn't do that. I don't think it was that bad at the end. Then it was fine. He's dead. Got what she wanted. Olivia yeah, Cook's dead. Cook. She's dead. Got what she wanted. Olivia Cook's not dead. Why don't you see a metal Did you watch a different fucking movie? I I forgot about it. She's in a mental hospital, a hospital for killing him because she roofied her. But she let her roofie her. Well, there you go. I'm sorry. If uh, 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 There, when the police get there, the first thing they would do would be to test her to see what she was on. And they'd go, oh, well, she got roofied. Yeah, I did I did kind of think that. Yeah, so there you go. That wouldn't have panned out the way they No, did. it wouldn't have panned out the way it did. So there you go. Throw a bed. Shit. There you go. Comedy of the year. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's it that's, that's all we've watched um, we do have questions Gat. we do have questions show we do let me find them oh fucking hell there we go uh, Rick Kidd at Rick J Kidd what are your favourite films with scenes set at New Year it's the original Ocean's Eleven for me I'm going to get in quick when Harry met Sally fucking <laughs> films um, the apartment. Ooh, that's a good shout. Nice. Um, 
Mark? <laughs> oh, fuck you, we're having it Sally, clearly. One of my favourite films. Try to think what else there is. Ooh, Poseidon Adventure, that's a good one. That's oh, yeah, that is a good one, actually, that, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, isn't Assault on Precinct 13? What is it as well? That's Christmas Eve, isn't it? No, I'm pretty sure it's New Year's Eve. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one as well. Hood Sucker Proxy. I love Hood uh, Sucker Proxy. Uh-huh. No, there we go then. What's that funny one? Oh, that's a Christmas one, isn't it? Which one? With Seth Rogen and... Um, oh, yeah. Just oh, the night before. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Oh. Yeah. Bill and Harry met Sally, though, to be fair. Although Poseidon is, is a good one. And in the new one, it's got Fergie Ferg in it. It does have Fergie Ferg in it. She does not sing Fergalicious. She doesn't sing Fergalicious. No. No, she doesn't. Um, well, look like it's me as hosting it. I completely forgot that. No. Uh, I should have another question somewhere. I'm sure we do. Where is it? Where are you, you question bastard? Anywhere I am. You sure there's another one? Yeah, uh, I, d- I didn't remember seeing one. There was another couple, I'm sure it was. Right, let me try and find them. Somebody tweet you directly, maybe? Possibly, yeah. Uh, Paul Dyer, um, the film you watched and hated, but then oh, really yeah. and loved. Sorry, Paul, I did see that. Um, oh, fuck, I had it earlier on, I've forgotten. I really didn't like Sean Lynn the first time I watched it. Like, I really didn't like it. I thought it was shit, I don't know what people saw in it. Uh, and it took me about three or four watches before I eventually went, it clicked and I went, ah, yeah, now I get it. Now I get it. Oh my God, that's what she reminds me of. The mum out of the Colin Burstead thing. The landlady in space. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can see it, yeah. Watched and hated, then watched and loved. Hmm. Probably loads, I just can't think of any. I am I am a bit of an initial hater. Watched and ha- hated, and then watched and loved, but I thought I fucking had one earlier on. Because, like, Avatar was the thing... No, that was, Avatar was the thing I was thinking, because I, like, I just thought Avatar was met when people fucking bummed the shit out of it when that came out. Yeah. Um, and then I watched it the second time. It was like, all right, fine, it's okay. But I wouldn't say really liked, and I wouldn't say hated. But that's the thing where, like, I I did have a different reaction, even if the reaction was still not. I'm in love with this film. Um, yeah, I've got one, but it's for different reasons. Go on. Um, shit, Casualties of War. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, like, table-flipping mad when we watched that the first time. Yeah, you were happy, were you? No. And the, the second time, you just found it intensely erotic. <laughs> no, but it is one of my favourite war movies, and I do like a war movie. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah, from a quality point of view. See, there's probably loads that I've watched that I've hated because I've had a, like, thing about the actor at the time. Yeah. I think I probably hated the first Mission Impossible movies. Wow. I know. Yeah. Yeah, because you weren't even like Tom Cruise. I, I literally had to fucking clockwork orange you to start watching Tom Cruise movies, didn't I? We're we'll watching Fallout this weekend, guys. It's very exciting. Very, nice. Very 
reload your reload your arms. Yeah, reload those fucking arms. Well excited. Uh, Very good. Might watch the trailer a few times in the run up. It's <laughs> good. Uh, so that's that's it. that's it for questions, guys. Uh, what could be next week? Oh, it's the favourite. It's definitely yeah. the favourite. Can't wait for the favourite. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. I really hope it surprises me. I really do. I, 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 I really hope it surprises me as well. I'm, I'm, I'm open to be surprised by it because I like everyone involved. The trailer just does nothing for me I, and everything I've read about it just makes me go, uh, I'm, really? I'm, I'm really hoping to like it. That's what I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing myself to try and like it. Uh, maybe because we've got really low expectations, we'll like it more. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. Maybe, yeah. Let's look for positives. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, that was episode 285, people. Um, we thank you very much for listening. Uh, is there anything I've missed? No, don't think so. Oh, uh, at Ian Loring, at Bex Falls, at Doom Falls, at Film Bastard. Um, check out hey. Patreon.com slash Film Bastards. Check out our Instagram, Film Bastards. And that's it. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We shall speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.